0: There must be some way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion
1: I can't get no relief Businessman, they drink my wine Hello
0: and welcome to Call in the Night, boys, with Gav and Nick. And today we're going to be discussing cover versions. What are they? Why are they? How are they? When um, are they? So, today we've chosen five cover versions each that we think are pretty good. I'm not sure whether mine, any of mine are better than the original versions. Oh, <laughs> we'll come to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think They are very interesting, though. Yeah, I think uh, I like them. I chose them more for their obscurity, because obviously everybody knows Nina Simone's cover of I Put a Spell on You, you know how about you what was your criteria for choosing well i mean i i tried to come up
1: with songs that i thought were substantially better than the original or versions that were sta- substantially better than the original but uh, i think as i sort of as we discussed uh, um, it, it's quite quite a hard theme to do justice to you know everyone can remember having heard an amazing cover version of a song Either thinking, wow, that's way better than the original or not realising that it wasn't the original and then hearing the original thinking, gosh, that's actually really not as good. But uh, I, I just can't remember most of them. You know, <laughs> they sort of loom large at the time and then, mm, mm. Uh, and then you think, I do know loads of great cover versions. I just can't remember what they are. But I think getting the sort of definition of what is a good cover version is slightly problematic as well because sometimes they're just substantially better than the original. And sometimes they're just such a novel reworking that um, what makes them astounding is the transformation. They're not necessarily better than the original; they're just so mm. different that you can't believe that they're the same song. So, as I mentioned, you know, I love Billy Idol, but his version of "LA Woman" by the doors um, is just not very good. It kind of detracts from the original. Uh, which? What do you, you mean? Know, how, how? How so? I think it's, it's vastly simplified and shortened um, and kind of rocked up a bit for yeah. like the, an 80s rock sound, which yes. is now sounds very dated. Mm. Certain rock music is timeless uh, uh, and certain rock, rock music like sort of mid 80s hair metal just seems very, very dated now. And there, there are people, who, you know, adherents to it who, who love that kind of sound. And there's people like me who just find it a bit hard on the ears,
0: you know. Yeah, same here. Sque- squealing I mean, guitars. This is tricky, isn't it? Because Joe Dolce is timeless, whereas, El- <laughs> whereas Ultravox really feels dated now. Is that the? So it that speaks to this guy. Yeah, yeah, it speaks to every generation.
1: Yeah, the shit comic song uh, is kind of timeless, isn't it? Although <laughs> you don't see so much of it nowadays, I don't think. No. I'm very just going to say there's, there's a sort of middle ground as well, which is cover versions that are just so alike to the original, you wonder why people even bothered. Uh, I think Sleeper back in the 90s did a cover of a Blondie song, Atomic, I think it was. Right. It just wasn't very different at all yeah the sling the singing wasn't quite as good but other than that it
0: was identical i say you could imagine that they would play that live and it would go down well but if you're not going to do anything to the song in the studio so what's the point
1: there's also one other area of cover versions which i think is quite interesting Uh, i i don't think we'll probably touch on it too much but there's that whole thing of bands that make pretty much an entire career out of doing cover versions Mm. doing them in in a particular style so the obvious one is Hayseed Dixie, who do like rock and metal covers but in uh, a bluegrass. Is that right? The AC Dix Dixie. Hayseed Dixie, Uh, as in straw hanging
0: out of your mouth. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's quite good. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what to make of that because it's kind of for me, it never really gets off novelty value. You you get jazz or a cappella bands doing, you know, a a Radiohead cover. I think
1: it. I think it depends how much you mix it up. Like people like Richard Cheese, for example. who? who does Richard Cheese? Is that his real name? No, no. Because okay. obviously, <laughs> I see his short name is Dick Cheese, so you can kind oh, of see where he's going with that.
0: Right, right. Uh, he
1: does like lounge versions of anything from um, Guns and Roses to right. uh, sort of some West Coast hip hop, um, and just but just does them all in this same loungy, Style, right. And that actually works quite well, because some of his choices are quite interesting. I think sure. Welcome to the Jungle is one of his covers. But also, uh, Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg. So, <laughs> he's making it up a quite bit. good. That sounds
0: it's worth for, listening to. He, yeah.
1: He's very good, Richard Cheese, yeah.
0: Yeah, that sounds so good. much drama in the LBC It's kinda hard being Snoop D-O-double G I, somehow, way, keep coming up with funky ass shit every single day, I
1: got bitches in the living room, getting it on. Uh, so do you want to start first? Go with your yeah, first okay.
0: choice. Okay, my first choice is The Slits and I Heard It Through the Grapevine, which was originally a Smokey Robertson song, brilliant song, classic, almost a standard.
1: Actually, I read it was first recorded by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Oh, was it? But that was that was from Wikipedia, so, you know. No, that's all right.
0: But, I've actually got most uh, of my notes off Wikipedia today. <laughs> so, listeners, <laughs> we're, we're reading your Wikipedia so you don't have to look it up while you're listening to the show.
1: Well, that was the first recorded version, but right, um, right. it wasn't, ri- wasn't written by her, I don't think. Um, right.
0: Well, this gets into the whole thing, doesn't it, of... Um, what is a cover version? Because basically, before the early 60s anyway, everybody was doing cover versions. You know, you'd have songwriters in Timpan Alley and, um, you know, they record for Elvis. I mean, some people wrote their own songs, like Chuck Berry, but, you know, Sinatra never wrote anything, did he?
1: Yeah, no, ex- exactly. He, uh, uh, I mean, he was just sort of a conduit for other people's material. Um, yeah, And that was very much the case, I think, for a lot of blues and soul and jazz singers right. um, from from the 40s through to this well the 30s through to the 60s but but I think that given that you know everyone knows the version by Marvin Gaye and I think that mm. a lot of people would assume that that was who you know first wrote and first performed it and you know he also wrote a lot of his own material as well so to hear this version even if you haven't heard the previous versions to Marvin Gaye's it is a it does come as a Bit of a culture
0: shock uh, I mean I love I've I done, love the Marvin Gaye version it's kind of the standard I do love it yeah you know but I just like bounciness of this version
1: that's that's what I've kind of the first thing I wrote about it is it's much more um kind of upbeat it's not more. necessarily more cheery but it, it's just a it's up tempo I guess reggae rock steady sort of sound to it I thought this was a really interesting version. Um, Had you heard it before? No, I hadn't. So I didn't really know what to expect. I actually expected it to be much more sort of thrashy and punky and heavy. Right, right. uh, And not this kind of, um, well, like I say, almost kind of rock steady version, but with like calypso (laughs) beats here and there. Yeah, it's a a strange melange of musical styles, but it, it works somehow.
0: Yeah, I just I like I just like their style. They're they're willing to mix everything in there. They were one of the main forces for the punk reggae crossover, um, which is not always really a works.
1: happy a happy crossover. But, well, um, can you in this me... ca- In this case, it works. Well, I think some of the clashes, like reggae dub, right. were pretty cringy, to be honest. Right, right, um, fair enough.
0: Yeah, you know, maybe it's not better than the the Marvin Gaye, but it's I still really like it a lot.
1: It's so difficult to compare the two. I mean, like you know, the Marvin Gaye version is a very slick bit of music. You know, he br- he brings sort of real feeling to it. Yeah, this is just so different. I think it just it mm. does stand
0: alone. It's not very emotional. It's more someone dancing away their troubles. I think. Yeah. You know, it's not one that if you actually have been two times by your partner, you probably wouldn't want to listen to the Slits version. You want to listen to the Marvin Gaye version with maybe it. you would
1: though. Maybe, well,
0: you maybe, maybe, maybe later in the evening after you've had several vodkas.
1: Yeah, and if you, you're <laughs> done with the maudlin and self pitying Exactly. Uh, Moves on to the fucking exactly. stage of... Uh, and then
0: you wake up in a kind of um, fecal puddle in the morning.
1: <laughs> fetal or fecal?
0: I said fecal, but it could be fetal. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what about, yeah, what's your first one then?
1: Well, I think my first one is my strongest one actually, um, which is The Stranglers Walk On By. Mm. original recording by Dionne Warwick, which is a lovely song. I just think the Stranglers version is much more dramatic, it's very intense, slightly menacing with that kind of driving bass line. It just has more of that feeling of tortured love or unrequited love or, you know, whatever's happening in this, this song. I think it's more kind of like post-breakup. Mm. I, I can't bear to see you around uh, sort of thing. And it's also got this amazing keyboard solo, which uh, I think is cut down for the single version, but on the album version, it probably goes on for about a quarter of the song. I think it's a real kind of tour de force, and not it, not really what you'd expect from a punk band covering uh, early soul
0: track. I'm gonna have to confess something. I don't actually know very much Stranglers stuff. Okay. Everything I do know, I like, but I've never really put my head in the Stranglers' bath. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck I uh, I'm just
1: I, I, imagining that there's a football team, sort of all, you know, before football clubs discovered showers. Exactly, I've never,
0: I've never had a plunge bath with the Stranglers. <laughs> I've, I've only, you know, maybe kicked the ball back while they were playing in the uh, park. I thought this was amazing. I didn't know it. I thought it was very, very good, really exciting. Uh, the organ solo is terrific, really up there, isn't it? It's, it's sort of, you know, I, it's not a uh, phrase that would inspire
1: you normally. What organ solo? Or- <laughs> I mean, I like don't know. You know, keyboard, keyboard solo. It's not. It's it sort of <laughs> could
0: make you feel slightly weary. <laughs> but it's <Yes. laughs> keyboard solo, organ solo. I don't know that those that phrase inspires me to other things. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah, I really loved it. I I was amazed, you know, to begin there I was thinking, oh yeah, it sounds like The Stranglers, and then it just went on and on, but in a good way. It is kind of epic, I think. This has been inspiring. I'm going to look into more of it.
1: Oh, that's a great album that came out around the same time as. It's not actually on an album, it was just one of those stray singles that was released by itself. Right, this is back to you again, I think. Yeah,
0: Tom's Fun Club, which are Chris France and... um, Tina Weymouth
1: oh,
0: When the sun beats down And burns the tar up on the roof And your shoes get so hot You wish you're tired I decided on this one. I think it's got some things about it. To begin with, it's like, what the hell is this? But then as it goes on, I think it gets better and better. And I think it's really influential on mm. uh, later dance music. Is it a classic? I don't think it's probably anywhere as near as good as The Drifters one, but I just, it just puts a smile on my face. I think as the song goes on, you get this kind of weird... Synthesizer that's very funky and yet very sharp at the same time, kind of sharp sounding. And then a piano bit which really does prefigure some of the piano chords used in house music towards the end of the 80s. I have to say,
1: I think this is a really classy cover. Uh, I just thought this, um, they've just, I think they've really thought about it and thought, how can we actually just make, uh, how can we upsell what is this incredibly smooth classic um, by the drifters and just turn it into something completely different.
0: I like the, the way yeah. you use the word upsell. It's good.
1: Yeah, I know. I've been working Very
0: 2020.
1: In, I've been working in corporate journalism <laughs> for too long.
0: The thing that surprised
1: me about this song is how kind of girly it is on the chorus. But I think Tina Weymouth is not a natural singer, so she she's sort of you know, sort of it? been up uh, Bananarama-esque, which which seems slightly out of step with the rest of the song, but it doesn't really detract from it. It's just, yeah, I I mean, (laughs) one thing I think you have to say about this cover is it's much, much better than the Bruce Willis version in the... (laughs) uh, in the late 80s. I, didn't uh,
0: I know he did some soul stuff, but I didn't realise it.
1: Did. Yeah, I think it was at the height of his moonlighting fame, you know, when he still had hair. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He, you know, he had lots of hits. You know, people say, what's happened to Bruce Willis? You know, look at him. He's just doing straight to DVD stuff. But it's like, well, this isn't as bad as his as, as it's seen. <laughs> Bruce Willis now sort of looks a bit like Phil Mitchell. Yeah. It's like if Phil Mitchell was in Die Hard, which is actually a remake I'd like to see. Give me... The code one, two. All right, well, how about smash the gaff up now? We're talking about one, how would you like that? Eh? <laughs> 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 oh, Ew. Ew. So,
1: my next track is Viva Las Vegas by the Dead Kennedys rather than ah. the Elvis original. a huge Elvis fan, even allowing for the fact that he has, he does have some great songs, it's not really one of his best. So mm. it's, it's possibly uh, a bit unfair as a comparison. But it's just one of those classic kind of cheesy songs that's written for one of his movies as far as I, mm. For a start, it's a kind of, it's a slightly odd song because it's trying to glamorise the, the sort of like the sleaze of Vegas, uh, gambling capital built in the middle of the desert. But they were other reason than to part idiots from their money. So the, the Kennedy's version, I think, is playing up more of that side of thing. but I just like the fact that it sort of keeps the spirit of the original, but like with all dead Kennedy things, it's got this kind of political edge to it. And he actually changes uh, some of the lyric. There's a line about, Dale was saying about how I wish that it we're more than the 24 hours in the day, because he wants to stay up all night gambling. The singer's added in the phrase, even if I ran out of speed, boy, I wouldn't sleep a minute of the way. Just sort of referencing the fact that obviously Elvis was like a massive caner of <laughs> uppers and downers.
0: Yeah, he loved he loved that stuff, yeah.
1: There's another line later on about, Lady lucks with me, the dice stay hot, got coke up my nose to dry away the snot. Uh, which is a totally <laughs> unpleasant image, but... Uh, <laughs> So I, I mean I I like it because it's actually quite a camp version of what is already a fairly camp song.
0: Mm. Um, what about you? What do you make of it? Yeah, I, I I like this very much. Obviously, I you know I've always liked their style. What's his name? Jelly Braffra. He always sounds like, which I'm sure is his intention. He always sounds like a toasty, mad 1950s or 60s television presenter <laughs> in, in America. He so he kind of sounds like. You know, and now to our commercials. Have you tried Captain Full Strength? And I suggest to the listeners that they, they all go away and listen to it and buy is it on what album is it on? Is it on th- the first one?
1: I, I think it's on uh fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. I mean it's got yeah. all of the all of the I ones do. everyone knows, like Essential <laughs> <of> Landlord, Chemical <laughs> Warfare, California
0: Uberellis. I think I do like this version even more. So this is Okay this is a version that uh, picks the classic Standard. have you heard lady gaga's solemn piano version of holiday in cambodia <laughs> no that just sounds so wrong <laughs> no I, well it is wrong because i just made it up oh okay but, um we <laughs> versions of classic songs for adverts well uh, it's always
1: it's always a breathy slightly girly female voice yeah. of someone I, who can't hold a note
0: recently i did see a car advert uh which had another breathy acoustic version of classic song, and this song was Steppenwolf's "Born to Be Wild." Mm. So now, you know, I think the idea for the advert is like, you know, you know, Dad, he did used to listen to Steppenwolf, but you know, he's chilled out now. He's going electric. You know, they've got he a. Swap, he swapped his hog for a, a, an electric SUV. And. Um, They collect rainwater in a bucket, which they give to the homeless, that sort of thing.
1: Started their own uh, sourdough starter during lockdown, which is going very well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and now they've got an amazing mail-order sourdough sourdough business.
1: Right, Okay. because presumably one of them's given up their corporate job to to go and do some kind of artisan shit, which you can do when you've, like, squirreled away loads of filthy... Yeah, I mean,
0: obviously... you need seed money of around five to ten million. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be safe, right? So, and uh, yeah, they've got, anyway, so they listen to this on the sound. This is the soundtrack of their lives. It's um, breathy versions of classic songs by the Smiths or by Jimi Hendrix or whatever the hell it is, um, you know, or even, even flipping Public Enemy. And it, it's, it's,
1: um, it's really interesting that you brought this up because like, I was also railing at that um, Born to be Mild um, sort of reworking of uh, the Steppenwolf song because uh, there have been a lot of them in the past couple of years. Yeah. Of, of a, songs. versions done for adverts. But this all started quite a long time ago, I think, um, back at the beginning of the noughties with Nouvelle Vague, who are a French band. Um,
0: I don't know them. I,
1: think it's, I think it's two guys but they have um, uh, they use a number of different female singers First, the first thing that sort of impinged on my consciousness from them was this uh, dreadful cover of Love All Terrace Apart um, by Joy Division done <laughs> in the same kind of light breathy going down to the bar at the corner to uh, meet my guy and just hang out and mm. have a good time, it isn't life one Wonderful,
0: Fuck off. so the third one is Patsy Smith doing a version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. this one is a kind of what is it, sort of like a sort of low, moody
1: bluegrass I'd say bluegrass or m- maybe even kind of like old time music, That's but yeah, very much kind of Americana, and I love the way it, it is on a very gently sort of rising crescendo throughout the song um, Yeah but I suppose in a way like, um, like a song like Horses um, but, mm. but done in a much more understated, much less dramatic way, but no less intense. Um, I, yeah, I just thought it's a really, really thoughtful version of um, a song that you could certainly murder by doing a cover version of. But she she manages to work it, rework it in a way that reinvigorates it. I think. I mean, it's not that's not an album I can particularly listen to now. Uh, never mind. Right. Um, 'Cause there's a you know, I just don't need angst in my
0: life anymore. But, uh,
1: <coughs> that doesn't mean I don't think it's a great album or But you still songs. listen
0: to the Stranglers.
1: And the Stranglers isn't angsty. <laughs> oh
0: okay, fine. But
1: yeah, I yeah, I really like this. I thought it was I thought it was stunning. Um, and the the whole sort of slightly bluegrassy um treatment really works. Mm. The other virtue that this version has is that you can actually understand all the lyrics. I mean, like, they eventually worked out what all the lyrics were of smelled like teen spirit. After I realised they didn't necessarily make a lot of sense. Mm. Um, As soon as she stopped trying to find an obvious meaning for all of them, it was a lot easier to work out what the words were. But um, Yeah, she enunciates more slowly and more carefully. She
0: does. She's good at enunciating. That's kind of her vocal style, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Having this kind of weird cutting enunciation on stuff, you know.
1: All right, I'm going to come back at you with uh, something entirely different, but um, no less classy, I feel, in its treatment, which is uh, Shirley Bassey's version of Light My Fire. Mm sort of funky guitar intro and then it breaks into this big band sound that you kind of associate with everything that Shirley Bassey does Mm. Um, but she's another one who has this very precise but quite mannered and stylized phrasing which just gives it I don't know it just gives it a kind of class that maybe the original doesn't have. I mean, this would have made a fantastic Bond theme, I think, mm-hmm. possibly because it just sounds just sounds like a, you know, the other Bond themes that she's done. But she delivers this sort of fantastic sustained note at the at the crescendo of the song. That kind of like as the music fades out, she's still kind of going on this sustained note, which is just superb. Uh, just I mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I think it's definitely an example of a cover version that sort of exceeds the
0: original. Do you agree uh no <laughs> no <I> okay think... <laughs> sorry i do think it's oh, good. great i do think it's very good i don't think it sees the original like the other ones apart from um beaver las vegas i think it's as good as the original it's 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 its own thing and i love it but you know i like pomposity, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, I like the pomposity of the Doors and how silly they are. Well, so do I, but I, I don't think
1: this is actually a classic Doors song. I think it's one of the less pompous and sort of slightly more um, light-hearted. I mean, it wasn't written by Jim Morrison for a start.
0: So it was it not? It no. no but all that organ at the beginning you know the kind of baroque organ at the beginning of the original i mean it's it's it, you know which they even have in the cut down seven inch version you know it it's charmingly ridiculous and yeah you know come on you want to light your fire and i think the other thing is, is that the the original one um is a bit dirty he's basically trying you know he's quite saucy whereas this one is Sort of more romantic in a way, even though it's kind of sung at quite a loud volume or whatever. It's kind of, um, and it's more kind of, it's more lounge and sexy. Jim um, Morrison's first singing is, um, I can imagine it happening on a beach in Southern California. Uh huh. And he's al- he's already been through several people that night, men and women, and now he's uh, he's, you know what I mean. Now he's on. Now, it, now, it, now he's you know he's singing this song you know because he just feels it's you know it's nearly dawn he needs one more lay before dawn. Uh huh. Um, we're we're back, the, we're back the, to the your sh-
1: bisexual Jim Morrison fantasy again. Also. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that was my teenage fantasy. <laughs> but the Shirley Bassey version, I do. I think it's terrific. But it's much more. Oh, let's start dancing. Let's start having a little romance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I think I think they're they're both good, they both have something different to say, you know. I put a spell on you. Because you're mad. Stop the things that you do. I ain't lying, Sir, I ain't lying. I can't stand it. Where you always run around, I can't stand it. So the next one is C A Quintet, who were let me check my notes. and From Minnesota, uh, in the late sixties, I chose it again because it's not well known at all. But I think it's I think it's a really good stab of the song. I think it's a real
1: shame they didn't have more of a career because this is this is great. Mm. I mean on. On the sort of original, I'd totally forgotten that Nina Simone covered this. But as soon as you said that, I could instantly hear it inside my head because I think the Screaming Jay Hawkins original just looms so large. Yeah, well, I mean, what I like about this is, as you say, it, it kind of focused a bit more on the tender emotions and the intensity of the emotions. Um, but it's also just a brilliant bit of psychedelia. Uh, I love the sort of psychedelic uh, keyboard sound. Mm. Classic mm-hmm. bit of mid-60s psychedelic rock mm. uh, and yeah look, the singer's voice as well is is much more uh much gentler much more uh emotional than screaming jay hawkins screaming jay hawkins is pretty much does exactly what he says on the tin um, <laughs> and it's is brilliant because of that mm. uh, but there is a there's this, this kind of like thick edge of lunacy in everything that he does mm. uh, and this that which is weird for this song, because it is actually a very, um, I think, a very intense love song. Although slightly menacing, I'm not quite well, sure. Well, it, it is menacing as
0: well. I mean, it's a kind of, <sighs> it's a love song, but it's a vengeful lover, isn't it? You know, that's, yeah. that's great about the song.
1: I think this comes back to the er- earlier problem you identified, though. Is this better than the original? I don't know if it is, but it's good. It's a worthy cover version.
0: Yeah, it doesn't, you know ecl- what? It doesn't eclipse
1: I, the original, but um, it, it's I'm gonna stick my neck alone. out
0: and say I don't like the original as much as maybe not the CA quintet, but as much as the um Simone and Credence versions.
1: That's that's fair enough, I think.
0: I think those I think those versions really top the original. The, the original is great fun,
1: you can't really go wrong with Nina Simone, can you? But
0: it's kind of I Just think both those bands and I think the CA Quintet to some extent do something a bit special with it. You know, Uh,
1: the thing is that I mean, I obviously have heard the Nina Simone version, um, many times because it is it's not ubiquitous but it's it it is quite prominent. I just forget that it's a Screaming Jay Hawkins song, and then when I hear the Screaming Jay Hawkins song, I forget that like that Nina Simone and other people, but isn't that but
0: that's great, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's a bit like the Stranglers' song, Walk On By. Yeah. You could maybe imagine that this wasn't a Bacharach song,
1: you know, and that's great. Well, when I was a kid, I was fairly ignorant of uh, sort of 60s soul. um,
0: Yeah, I didn't know
1: anything. Soul and later other, you know, later iterations of of Black American music. I I, I just wasn't that clued up on it. So the fact that there was a picture of Dionne Warwick on the on the single for Mm -hmm. Stranglers' version of um, Walk On By didn't really register with me. Going back to an earlier theme of is it actually a cover version? Um, because it's a version of um, an orchestral piece by Strauss uh, called "Also sprach Zarathustra," which I think most people would know as, or a lot of people would know as being the main theme to the film 2001: A Space Odyssey. Um, so it's it's kind of big bombastic uh, orchestral music Um, but it's been reimagined in... I'm a bit ignorant on Brazilian music styles but I think it's a kind of Bossa Nova style even though it's from the mid-70s. Bossa Nova is more kind of mid-60s I think. It kind of... It's
0: weird. It sort of straddles Samba and Bossa Nova.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, And and it's by an outfit called Morelles who um, I think... mm -hmm don't know not entirely sure because I don't know much about the origins of this um, I think Morelle's uh, is the name of um, a composer or an arranger and uh, it,
0: it's it's kind of I loved else. it I loved it I'd, n- I'd never heard of this I want to play a 2001 Space Odyssey with this track over the top because I just think it would be a much more fun film it's not a very yeah. fun film it's very serious uh, I re- yeah I loved it and I love it reminded me that so much Brazilian music is great and uh, you know aside from bossa nova and samba there was some um, which this might go into a bit so-called tropicalia which is um, yeah right that's bands like uh, the sort of psychedelic bands like um, Os, us mutantes and um, we actually had a really good an amazing Radio 4 program some years ago about Tropicalia, and apparently, because in the 60s, Brazil was uh, under a dictatorship. They did not like Tropicalia. Right. They to destroy it, they didn't like, and this is kind of quite, it's almost like disco a bit, this song, even though it's kind of slightly before disco. And they, yeah, they did not like it. They thought it was, um, you know, irrational and um, against some kind of Brazilian values and that's the thing, these people were threatened with execution, these Tropicalia bands right. which maybe M- Moreles was one of I mean they're not quite Tropicalia but um, you know, it's that era
1: mm. um, Tell me about the Swingle Sisters well, uh, Sorry, swing. The, sorry, I'll start again Tell me about the Swingle Singers
0: The Scissor Sisters? Yeah,
1: the Scissor Sisters of the that? 1960s yeah, um, Oh I do, I do. What happened to them?
0: I don't know. They weren't so bad, were they? People really no, they were f- I thought they were alright. They were fine. Um, the Swingle Singers. Well, this was an album that a friend of mine had when we were kids. And he had it, when I say he had it, his parents had it. And we just loved it. We just thought it was terrific. makes me feel good I can imagine listening to it I'm in an open top car I've got a lady next to me she's wearing a headscarf to keep her hair from flying all over the place you know you don't want disheveled hair certainly not in the mm-hmm. 1960s and you know I'm sort of scooting about um the Italian lakes and right. this, is playing, this is playing over the oh, radio second. exactly this is playing over the radio
1: yeah I thought this was fantastic um and I didn't realised that I already knew this as soon as it started playing I thought oh god yeah absolutely know this heard this so many times must have been used in at least one if not many films
0: yes I'm sure it has
1: Um, I, I would actually go out on a limb here and say having heard sort of piano versions of the the Bach original which are incredible but very mathematically precise and I feel like it's the kind of music that musicians love but audiences mm-hmm. yeah. maybe it's less slightly less enjoyable mm. but the swingle singers version just makes it a much more accessible mm. uh, and adds a little more emotion to it. it it's hard to characterize the emotion of 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 this but it um it has a sort of almost slightly spiritual quality to it but as you say yeah. it's it's kind mm. of up It it's upbeat it sounds like Good times. Yeah. Right, I'm going to go to my uh, my fifth track now. Which okay. It's a little bit of a, more of a mainstream choice, but it's Jimi Hendrix's version of All Along
0: the Watchtower. I didn't actually listen to this again for the podcast because I've been listening to a lot of Jimmy certainly the, the early part of this year, the end of last year. Right. I just felt, you know, I, I know it. I know it off by heart. Well, what I did
1: do is listen to the uh, Dylan's original, which upon reflection I think is actually a really great song.
0: It is, it's but, great, it's really good, yeah. But I think this just
1: takes, Jimi Hendrix's version just takes it to a new level.
0: some kind of way out of here, said a joker to the thief, there's too much confusion, I can't get no relief, business man there, the dream.
1: neither of them is a great singer but I actually think Hendrix does a much better job of singing this song than Bob Dylan does I don't know, it's a cliche to say Bob Dylan had a terrible singing voice but some songs he's incredibly melodic and he has a, a very nice voice this is one of those ones where uh, he sounds like he's taking the piss slightly <laughs> I, um, have a, um,
0: I have a, doing... that I say to my daughter she says, oh who's this? I say oh, I Bob Dylan and I
1: told her that he sounds like bees in a drain.
0: Bees in a drain? Yeah,
1: bees in a drain. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> but, right. yeah. So that's that's the kind of singing that he's doing on, on, the, on this song, I think. Um, but um, you've also got that just amazing liquid guitar that Jimmy has, oh, yeah. does on this. It's just a it's beautiful piece of music. And obviously, it's very evocative because it's used in films a fair bit, mm. I should think. I think it's it used in uh, with Nell and I at some point. Yeah, it does. So it does does have that strong association with you know the late sixties.
0: You know, even now when you hear those first few chords come on in the Jimmy version, it just makes me excited. Mm. <laughs> it just, it's just you know when you hear it, for instance, on a trailer for a film, like it transforms images. Uh, whereas, for instance, in um, the um, you know the, the famous scene in Goodfellas where some fridge doors are opened and it's got hanging corpses in and there's um, it has uh The End of Layla by Eric Clapton. The boring bit of Layla. Well no I like that bit that's brilliant. That bit. I, know. <laughs> I know people love that bit. Yeah that movie transformed Layla for me and I you know I thought oh this is a this is actually a great song whereas um the Hendrix, the, all along the Watchtower, transforms. it goes the other way. It transforms things around it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. You to know? me, that, that song so, makes the late 60s sound like the most exciting time ever.
0: Yeah. Uh, you can feel conflict in that song. Mm. It's not like White Rabbit, uh, you know, which I think is a great song by uh, Jefferson Airplane, you know, but it's clearly, hey, you know, let's just chill out and take some drugs or whatever. This song is conflict. It's conflict. It's yearning. It's, there's so much going on, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure when it was released and what the context was.
0: It was 68 or 69. So
1: basically... So it's, you know, like the dark days of the uh, Vietnam War
0: and... Basically, you know, MLK had been shot and shit was hitting the fan, you know?
1: Mm. What I find interesting about it as well is that it's... I mean, it's clearly of its time, you know? You you wouldn't mistake this for a modern bit of music, but it doesn't ever sound dated. Um, No, not
0: at all, no. Absolutely.
1: I I think that's just a sign of a song that's been sort of taken out of time slightly... There's nothing about the instrumentation um, or the style of the song that you could sort of say this sounds really 60s.
0: Bob Dylan have a great deal of influence on you at all? Yeah, mentally more so though than any other way.
1: In what way did he did he sort of turn your mind on and get you started thinking or
0: what? Yeah, him and this girl named Linda Keith turned my mind on. <laughs> I don't
1: know if you come across this on YouTube shredding.
0: I mean, I know what guitar shredding is.
1: Yeah, no, it's not guitar shredding, although it can involve guitar shredding. So it's, it's re recording existing tracks, but um, with a different um, slant. So it's like doing a cover version, but it's usually done to match up to uh, a video of uh, the song that's being reworked. And they're, they're incredibly skilled. They and are, they are essentially cover versions, but where the musician has uh, re recorded uh, a lot of the guitar parts and sometimes the drums as well, but you use the original vocal. Right. So, uh, uh, one of the best versions is um, a Boss Nova version of The Trooper by Iron Maiden. It's worth looking at. And it's cut together with lots of um, concert footage from the endless Iron Maiden tours of the world over and over again. Yeah. So, there's, there's plenty of material to work with. But they're, they're, just, they're, they're just kind of fun. They're a bit silly. There's also one of Radiohead's, um, I think it's Weird Fishes. I don't know if you recall the track, but it's, it's sort of slightly dissonant. You've got lots of, uh, you've got three There's
0: different. There's lots guitars. of arpeggio in it, as far as I remember. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. But it's done sort of in the style of uh, maybe a fledgling band who are not very good yet and not very good at keeping in time with each other. <laughs> so it starts off, they're all together, and then it slowly diverges uh, until it just becomes a cacophony. It's very, very cleverly done. This is yeah, actually so, someone
0: deliberately doing this. This isn't just a school yeah,
1: school. Totally, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: That's it's, hilarious. That's brilliant. I have to listen to that.
1: Music is humor, but um, yeah, I think that's the, they're the kind of cover versions I quite like listening to from time yeah. to time. Yeah. version of Waiting for the Man Um really? or Waiting for my man uh, which I think is much better than the, the Velvet's version Really? It's much, it's much raunchier it's much more intense Ooh. but it's much more evocative of that sense of tension um, right. when you're waiting to to sort of like get your fix
0: okay. whereas
1: the, the Velvet Underground version is much more laid back and more sort of focused on the boredom it seems of waiting around You see yeah, no, it's, Seek It Out It's a, it's a great version. I, I kind of prefer it, and I do like the Velvet Underground. But. He also does a version of Let's Spend the Night Together. Uh, yeah, I know stage. that
0: one. That's on Aladdin's Sane, isn't
1: it? Yeah, which some people hate, but I kind of like it because it's, it's kind of slightly camp.
0: Um, no, I like it because he changes the key a bit, doesn't he? Mm. So it's in, a, it's in a slightly different key, so it, I just think it makes it... I wouldn't say it was better, but it's... um it makes it a very interesting version I think. and also he's kind of rushing through it again he's like a lover who wants to you know where's the other one the stones version is like we're in a disco come on let's go for it um he's basically rushing he's rushing the lady home or the, the gentleman and possibly uh, both
1: at the same time
0: well exactly and then um before you know it he's all finished and he's creating another song called diamond dogs does anybody want a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> well i think we might have enough there what do you think okay. this?
1: i think they've had enough <laughs>
0: been listening to Calling the Night Boys. It's Gavin Nick, where we've been discussing our favourite cover versions. Use the links in, uh, in the show notes to go to YouTube to listen to a playlist of all the songs from The Slits to Hang Bricks. Today you heard excerpts from All Along the Watchtower by Bob Dylan, Vienna by Ultravox, Shut Up of Your Face by Joe Dolce, Gin and Juice by Richard Cheese, I Heard It Through the Grapevine by The Slits. Walk On By by The Stranglers Under The board, Boardwalk by Tom Tom Club Die Hard by John McTierhan Smash The Gaff Up by Steve McFerden Lever Las Vegas by The Dead Kennedys Born To Be Wild by Nestle Taylor Smells Like Teen Spirit by Putty Smith Light My Fire by Shirley Bassey I Put A Spell On You by C.A. Quintet Also Sprat Zarathustra by Morelles. Fugue and D-Minor by the Swingle Singers All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix Jimi Hendrix in Dallas 1969 by SMU Jones Film Radiohead's Worst Gig Ever by Cheeky Chap and Let's Spend the Night Together by David Bowie Please legally stream, download or buy a physical copy of any of these songs and films and don't forget to listen to our covers playlist via the links in the podcast show notes See you next time! Bye.